This day of reflection with Bart Schutz at the John Paul II Healing Center was held July 25, 2020 at Our Lady Good Council Retreat House. These and other recordings are available at our website, goodcouncilretreat.com. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we just come and place ourselves in your presence. We come here today knowing you are near. We ask that you share with us your heart filled with love by showing us your Son, by sending us your Holy Spirit. Help us to know your presence, your mercy, your goodness, your love. Help us to know that you have this care for us, that providence for us, that you are with us. We just continue to uh, place ourselves before you now as we join in praying those words Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, in heaven hallowed, be thy, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come, come. Thy will, thy be, will done be done on earth as, on earth, it, is as it is in heaven. Give us this day us our, this daily, day our bread. daily bread. And forgive us, and forgive our, us trespasses, our trespasses as we forgive, we forgive those who trespass against, against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver, but deliver us, us from evil. Amen. 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 Well, Father Gary, I'll check with you. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay, then I assume everyone else can as well. Um, you know, I was looking at uh, today's reading, and I couldn't help but think that it would pertain as we start this day. So I just wanted to read uh, today's first reading from 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 15. Brothers and sisters, we hold this treasure in earthen vessels, that the surpassing power may be of God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way, and perhaps we might say amen, but not constrained, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being given up to death for the sake of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since then, we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We too believe and therefore speak, knowing that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and place us with you in his presence. Everything indeed is for you, so that the grace bestowed in abundance on more and more people may cause the thanksgiving to overflow the glory of God. And then under the, the responsorial song, those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. And then under the, the alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. I chose you from the world to go 
and bear fruit that will last, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we're living in interesting times, aren't we? <laughs> That's not news to any of you, I'm sure. And uh, it's challenging. And depending on what we're hearing and what we're listening to, it could be deeply troubling. So this, the topic of this day, I feel like is very fitting, that you are not alone. And I'm going to take us uh, through John 14. And when I say take us through, I'm not going to just read through. I'm just going to take little passages and highlight those and just give opportunity for the Father to speak words of encouragement to each one of us. But before I do, I want to start the way I start almost every event I do. So if you were here last month, I, uh, you may have experienced this, but I want you to hear this afresh. And if it's the first time, um, I just invite you just to enter in just to a, a fun, uh, in some ways humorous, but pertinent imagery. So if you imagine yourself as a little child in the back of a crowded elevator, if you were a little kid in the back of a crowded elevator, what might you see? Just imagine that for a minute. You're about three to four feet high <laughs> and you're back in the back of the crowded elevator. What's your point of view? <laughs> What's in front of you? That's right, elbows and butts. If you're a little kid in the back of a crowded elevator, all you can see is elbows and butts. You know, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but some of these circumstances we're living in uh, worldwide, uh, within our own country, perhaps in our own homes, our circumstances can often feel like those elbows and butts. Amen? <laughs> you know, but if your father was in the elevator with you and he's taller than everyone else in the elevator and you lift your arms up to your daddy and he picks you up, your perspective changed. Now you go from seeing elbows and butts to now seeing over top of people's heads. If the elevator door opens, you can now see out into the hallway. But if you would just imagine that this elevator is on the edge of a cliff and it's a beautiful day blue sky, clear visibility, panoramic view. Now you're in your daddy's arms and the elevator door opens up. What do you see? You see as far as the eyes can see. Our perspective went from sandwiched in behind elbows and butts to seeing over top of people's heads to seeing out into the hallway to now seeing out as far as the eye can see, perhaps over a beautiful valley, perhaps even a, a farm that's white for harvest. I just want to, as we start this day together, I want to just lead us into a meditation uh, using this imagery. But of course, I want to invite the Lord Jesus to be with us. So if you will, just close your eyes. I want to pray over us, and then I'll just I'll guide us in this meditation. Father, we love you. You are so good. We ask you to lift us up and show us what you see. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your life, for your mission. We thank you for your death, where you conquered sin, evil, and death, and you rose from the grave. Where you're seated right now at the right hand of the Father, 
high above all principalities and powers and rulers of the air. Thank you, Lord, that St. Paul tells us that we are seated with you in heavenly places. So help us to see from your vantage point. Holy Spirit, come, be with us, lead us, guide us, comfort us, walk us through this day. Teach us the ways of our Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Mary, we thank you. We thank you for your complete surrender, your fiat to the Holy Spirit. In your intimacy, even birthing Christ and, and carrying him in your very womb, raising him, loving him, watching the, the miracles, watching him do the things that he came to do, and then being there at the cross, watching him die. Thank you for your fiat. And Lord, we ask for the same grace that each one of us can give our fiat and be so intimate with the Holy Spirit and so intimate with Christ and so intimate with the Father that we can live into the fullness of our 2,000-year history as your church. I ask you to bless each and every person that is with us today. And Lord, we thank you for the great cloud of witnesses that surround us, the saints who've gone before us. We ask for your intercession. And Lord, we ask you to send your angels, Michael, the archangel, all warring angels to defend us in battle and cleanse the atmospheres where each one of us are. I ask you to send your ministering angels to minister to us. Holy Spirit, come and lead us. And I ask you to encourage each and every person here. This has been on my heart lately. This is something that I, I pray over my kids every night, every morning. This little introduction. I'm married to my wife, Brooke. We've been married coming on 25 years. And she's married to a perfect man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I repent right away. Uh, and we have four children together. Uh, three girls and a boy. 23 down to 14. And I've been praying over my kids since they were babies, even in the womb. This same prayer that's been on my heart lately. And I just want to pray it over you. It's in Chronicles. It's the blessing of the children of Israel. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, turn his face toward you, and give you peace. I pray that the Lord will give you peace, give us all peace, and that he would speak to us. So if you will, with your eyes closed, I want you to imagine being in the back of that crowded elevator. You're sandwiched in as that little kid behind the elbows and butts. I want you to place your circumstances there. Maybe those are big picture circumstances. Maybe those are just circumstances you're going through privately, maybe at home, whatever it is. I want you to picture being sandwiched in behind those, behind those circumstances. And I want to pray, Holy Spirit, that you would highlight those circumstances for each and every one of us. What are those things that we feel pressed in behind and oppressed by? I want to give you about 30 seconds just to contemplate what some of those circumstances are that you're, that you're facing. Now I want you to imagine as you're pressed in behind in the back of that crowded elevator, behind elbows and butts, behind your circumstances, I want you to imagine the Father is in there with you, but it's not any Father, it's God the Father, the all-powerful one. 
I want you just in your heart just to reach your hands up to the Father and ask him to pick you up. Ask the Father to show you his perspective of how he sees those circumstances. Imagine, if you will, like I was sharing in that imagery, that you're standing on the edge of a cliff in the back of that curled elevator, but your father's holding you, and the elevator door opens up, and now you could see out panoramic view, blue sky day. Now you could see out as far as the eye could see. And I just want to pray that the father would just show you what he wants you to see maybe related to your circumstances, maybe just something in general. So Jesus came to reveal the Father, and he did that which he saw his Father doing. And the Father wants to reveal to you and I what he's doing. It's easy to get stuck with all the news that we're hearing in so many voices, but let's hear what the Father sings. Father, I ask you to reveal to each one of us what you want to reveal. Show us what you want us to see. Speak to us what you want us to hear. Let me just close this in prayer. Father, we thank you for your great love, for your goodness. Jesus, we thank you that you were fully God, but you lowered yourself for your divinity and you dwelt among us as a man. Thank you for being with us, for leading us. And I ask you to lead us into your truth. And as we walk through this together today, that you would speak your truth to us and encourage us. Father, you are so good yet there's place in our hearts we don't all understand your goodness. And I ask you to show us your goodness as we walk through this together, together today. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Bless every single one of us and bless and see all that you're doing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope wherever you are, I hope you're feeling God's love and his presence and he's encouraging you and blessing you and i am very hopeful that as we move through this day together that the father is going to encourage you and speak to you so the subject at hand is you are not alone i don't know if by chance you've been feeling alone i don't know if you've been troubled uh, many of us are just being bombarded with fear and anxiety I don't know your circumstances. I wish we had a little more interaction with one another so I can ask you. But I'm just going to assume that we're all in various places, but perhaps many of us feeling alone or troubled or perhaps fearful. I just want to encourage you just to continue to ask the Father to give you his perspective whatever it is you're experiencing, whatever your circumstances are, whatever you're feeling, the Father wants to reveal to each one of us his truth.
And he wants to reveal to us what he sees, what he's doing. So Jesus starts right off in John 14, 1. And says this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus says. Do not let your heart be troubled. Why was Jesus saying this? Were there any circumstances going on that merited him saying this to his followers? Well, of course, he was, he was talking to them about his upcoming death. And though they might have believed they were going to be part of some great takeover and bringing the kingdom here and throw, overthrow the Roman government or whatever they might have thought when they started to follow Jesus, he was letting them know yet again that I'm going to die. But in three days after that, I'm going to raise from the dead. And I don't know that they fully comprehended what that meant. I can only imagine being there. If you could imagine being there, you're with, there with Jesus and he's speaking these things to you and you've you've met the most amazing person possible and you've watched these amazing things taking place, signs, miracles, and wonders and love like you've never understood before. And now here he is, just as things are getting good, he says, okay, um, I'm going to leave. And that's what I'm going to read next to you in John 14, 27. Jesus says to them, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. No, it's better. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. And right before then, in John 14, 18, Jesus says to them, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. Now, remember, this is all in context of Jesus saying to them that he's going to leave, that he's going to die. It's in the same passage. Thomas is saying, well, where are you going? How, how are we going to get there if we don't even know where you're going? You know, it's like they're trying to grasp and understand what he's saying. And he keeps explaining, listen, I'm going to die. And then I'm going to raise from the dead. But don't let your hearts be troubled. And, you know, I, I read this from a certain lens and perspective, having already known the story. But could you imagine being one of those followers? And no matter how many times he might tell you, you just don't want to believe it. What do you mean you're leaving? You know, Peter says to him, no, I'm not going to let you do this. <laughs> he says, get behind me, Satan. You don't have the heart of God, the thoughts of God. I don't think he was calling Peter Satan. He was just saying, you're being deceived. You don't understand what I came for. And isn't that true of us? We don't always understand what's going on. We see what's happening around us, and it's easy to be concerned and discouraged and fearful and troubled and feel alone. But the Lord wants to speak to us at, a, at another place, at another level. And he wants to speak to our hearts and say, hey, don't be troubled. It's okay. You're not alone. I am with you. I will not leave you orphaned. He was saying to the followers, you know, you're going to be sad, you know, because I'm leaving. But your sadness is going to turn to joy. Because when I leave, I'm going to go to the Father, and then we're going to send you the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, which we'll talk about more as we move through this day. But that you're not alone. 
no matter how alone we might feel, how isolated we might feel, how troubled we might feel, how fearful we might feel, the Lord is wanting each one of us to know you are not alone. You are not alone. You know, he speaks this to Joshua. Remember the story of Joshua? Let me give you a little background for this story. Joshua with his buddy Caleb were one of the 12 spies. And they went in and, and spied the new land, the promised land that God promised to give to them. And he told all of Israel, I'm going to lead you into this promised land. I'm taking you from Egypt, slavery, and I'm going to lead you into this promised land. So the 12 spies go in, Joshua and Caleb are two of the spies, and they see this promised land. And they say, it's beautiful. It's flowing with milk and honey. I mean, there's grapes that are just massive, and it's this great land. And they bring back some of the fruit of the land. And Joshua and Caleb are excited. Look, if God promised this to us, it's great. Let's go. While the other 10, they went based on other things they saw. They saw the giants in the land. And it was very real. And they were afraid. And they said, listen, we're going to be devoured by these giants. We're like grasshoppers in their eyes. These giants are massive. They're stronger than us. And our children, they're going to be, they're going to be brought into slavery and no, we, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. And they were so afraid that the more they heard Joshua and Caleb tell the people how great it was, the more afraid they became, so much so they wanted to kill jo uh, Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb, if I put myself in Joshua's shoes, I'm like, listen, I'm just telling you what I see. I'm just telling you what God is saying. Well, the people didn't want to hear it because they were so afraid for good reason. Naturally speaking, there was a lot to be afraid of. But what Joshua knew, what Caleb knew, is that if God said it, then it's going to be good. I wonder how, how often do we have that perspective? Do we even know what the Father's saying? And then when we do know what the Father's saying, do we, do we know that it's good? I don't know about you, but that's where my struggle is sometimes. I mean, I know he's good, but there's places in my heart and my life that I'm not always sure. And in those places is where I get troubled. And in those places is where I can feel alone. But here's Joshua and Caleb just reporting what they said. Listen, God promised us this land. Let's go and get it. But yet, because of the other 10, the majority convinced the people. And so they refused to go into the promised land. And God's anger was aroused against them. He wanted to destroy them. Moses interceded and said, hey, what do you think the people of Egypt are going to think, that you brought them from slavery from there, and then you just left them out here to die? And so he talked God into not, not destroying the people because of their rebellion. But instead, God said, okay, for every day that you went and scattered the land, you're going to spend that many years in the desert. Well, that was 40 days. So it was 40 years. And he said, that generation... This generation is not going to go into the promised land, except for Joshua and Caleb and those under 20. And so here we are. We fast forward, and, Mo, and Joshua, who sees the promised land, had to spend 40 years in the desert. Ah, oh, that'd be discouraging. You had seen the promised land, and now you got to spend 40 years in the desert. And Joshua lived in the shadow of Moses. But it says Joshua would sit outside the tent of meetings where the glory of God would come and where Moses would see God 
and speak with God and be in God's presence. Joshua would sit outside the tent in the excess glory of God's presence and just bask in God's presence. You know, if you're going through a difficult time, that's a great place to be <laughs> in God's presence. And that's how Joshua formed himself and was formed of the Lord. So here it is, 40 years now, most of the people had, had died in the desert. Moses now had died. God says to Joshua in Joshua 1, as I was with Moses, I'm with you. Now lead these people into the promised land. So finally, here's Joshua. He gets to go lead the people into the promised land. But there's one problem. So the priests walk through the Jordan. It's parted because of the Ark of the Covenant. They walk across. But now what? Now they have to go into battle because now they're confronted with the giants in the land. And jo Joshua sees an angel. He says to the angel, are you with us or with them? And it was the angel of the Lord. He says, I'm with you. And God speaks to Joshua and says, everywhere you place your foot, I will give you victory. But do you think maybe Joshua was a little concerned that he was leading these people into a battle against giants? Do you think maybe his heart might have been troubled? Do you think he might have had some history of wondering how this might turn out? I think so. So that's where we're here in Joshua 1.9. This is where God speaks to Joshua these words and allow him to speak these to you and I, no matter what our circumstances are. God says to Joshua and you and I, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. Be not afraid. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. For the Lord your God is with you right now. He's with you. I got to be candid with you and even a little vulnerable with you. I've been a little troubled lately, and I can't even tell you exactly why. I woke up at four o'clock this morning, fighting to go back to sleep. I don't know if you've ever been there. I'm like, I got to get some good sleep. Four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock. I gave up on sleep. So I said, okay, I'll just get up and pray. And then I decided to journal. It's like, oh, there's a lot going on down here that I'm not paying a lot of attention to. So I spent that time with the Lord. And you know what I was visiting with the Lord? My places where I'm troubled. Places and circumstances where I haven't felt him come through. And I had to be candid with him and say, Lord, I've given you my life. And there's these places where I, I don't feel you've come through. Can you help me reconcile these places? Well, I had a friend who's also in ministry call me yesterday. And I just shared with him, I said, I could use some encouragement. So he stopped and he prayed. He didn't know what I was going through. And he spoke right into it. And he says, Bart, I see the father standing behind you. And he has his hand on your shoulder. And he wants to let you know that he is with you. He's got you. He says, if you'll just be still long enough, you'll feel his hand and you'll hear him speaking to you. And I was comforted by that. I was encouraged by that, but it, it didn't drop down to a deeper place until 6.30 this morning. 
when I'm journaling and I'm processing this with the Father, I said, Father, I, I need some clarity. I got to practice what I preach. <laughs> I feel stuck behind these circumstances, these elbows and butts. Father, lift me up. Help me to see what you see. Help me to hear what you're saying to me. Please give me clarity. And this is about an hour of prayer time and journaling. And by the end of it, I heard the Father speak to me very clearly. He says, Bart, remember. I am with you always. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And then I was reminded of Joshua. And I was reminded of Joseph. I just share with you Joshua's story, but Joseph's story, we know that as well. He was sold into slavery by his brothers and then sexually assaulted by Potiphar's wife, and he refused, and yet he was falsely accused and then spent time in prison, a long time in prison. I don't know about you, but if I'm Joseph, I'm like, listen, I did the right thing. How come, how come I'm going through this? God, how come you're not getting me out of this situation? What an unlikely path to becoming right hand of the king <laughs> and leading people and providing food in a time of famine. What an unlikely likely path for Joshua, as I just talked about. Seeing the promised land, but waiting in the desert 40 years before leading the people and then having to face the giants. And God saying, be strong and courageous, for I'm with you. There's some things in our lives that are hard to reconcile. But we see just this picture. God sees from here. He sees the big picture. He knows where we're heading. He knows where our country's going. He knows how all these things are going to turn out. And though sometimes it may look like the enemy's winning, the enemy never wins. The enemy's greatest victories become his biggest defeats. Think about it. Crucifying Jesus, he thinks, is his greatest victory, and it's his greatest defeat. God promises to work everything to good. But sometimes we're in circumstances that it doesn't make sense. And that's why we want to ask the Father to pick us up and show us what he sees. So that's where I was this morning. And he was just speaking to me through these scriptures and understandings of Joshua and Joseph. Though they didn't understand at the time, they took a very unlikely path, but they ended up in the, quote, promised land. And so will you and I, and so will the church. The gates of hell will not prevail. And the Father wants to encourage each one of us, and he wants to let us know you are not alone. I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So let me read that again and allow it to speak into the depths of your heart, wherever you are. And I hope you understand. I relate. Joshua 1.9, again, he says to him, as they're about to go in and fight the giants and defeat them to go into the promise, he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God speaks in Deuteronomy 31, 6. Again, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. 
He will never leave you nor forsake you. Again, I don't know what your circumstances are. I mean, you may be doing just great and you're like, okay, get on with the other stuff. I, I, we'll get there. <laughs> but maybe you're, maybe you're troubled. Maybe you have been feeling alone. Maybe you're not feeling very courageous, very strong. <laughs> maybe you're dismayed, frightened. Just allow the Lord's words to comfort you. Sometimes we can hear the words, but they bounce off. But allow them to go to the depths of your heart whatever you're experiencing and allow the Lord to speak there and say to you, I am with you always. I will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. Catechism 27, it says the desire for God is written within the human heart. It says God never ceases to draw man to himself. Only in God will man find the truth and the happiness that he never stops searching for. God has never stopped pursuing you. He's never stopped. He longs to encounter you more than you long to encounter him. He is with you. So I was sharing with you this friend, he, he he said, God is with you. He's leading you. And he saw the father with his hand on my shoulder. So I was praying about that, meditating on that early this morning. And I said, Father, it's great. I'm glad you're, you're behind me. I'm glad you are with me. I said, but with my son, who's 14, I think he would be fine if if I was behind him and my hand was on his shoulder, but at some point, I think he's going to want me to be next to him. <laughs> he's going to want to see me. He's going to want my embrace. I said, Father, I'm glad you're behind me, but I want you to be with me. I want to feel you so present. And then I just saw him embracing me, whether I was making that up or it was real, it felt good. <laughs> as I felt the father reminding me of how he encountered me 32 years ago in my brother's embrace as I was weeping, as the father said, I am your father. My father left when I was five. So God has been my father. He says, Bart, I'm a father to the fatherless and I love you. So here I was this morning and he was reminding me of that. And I, and I was just imagining him or experiencing him embracing me. And then he put his arm around my shoulder and we just started to walk and we walked up this hill with Jesus and others. And I looked out over the valley and he says, Bart, I've got it. I've got it. And I've got you. So hopefully that speaks to you again. I don't know your circumstances, but I, I hope you could feel his presence with you. I hope he's encouraging you and speaking to you and comforting you. And if you will, just close your eyes a moment. And let's allow the Lord just to meet us and speak to us and comfort us. Father, I ask that you would be very present with each one of us. 
Father, I pray for each person that is listening and watching that they will not only know that you are there, but they will feel your presence. Whether it's your hand on their shoulder, you next to them, your hand around their shoulder, or you in front of them embracing them. I pray, Father, that each and every one of us would feel your presence. Lord Jesus, lead us. Holy Spirit, be present. Father, I ask you to just speak words of comfort, words of encouragement into their hearts. I want to invite you to just dialogue with the Father. Tell him what is stirring in your heart. If there's something agitating you, share that with him. He knows your heart, share it with him. If you're troubled, share that with him. Fearful, share that with him. If you're excited, <laughs> share that with him. If you're feeling his presence, just enjoy that and tune me out. <laughs> just dialogue with him. Share with him whatever it is you want to share with him. We'll be silent for about 30 seconds and give you time to dialogue. Now, if you're just having a, a moment with the Lord, tune me out. That's the priority. Spend time with him. For the rest of us, I want to just summarize and share those words from John 14 that I started with, and then again from Joshua and Deuteronomy. And then I'll give us a break before our next session. In the very beginning in John 14.1, Jesus says to his followers, which includes you and I, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. John 14.18, I will not leave you orphaned. I will not leave you alone. I am coming to you. I will not leave you orphaned. 
I am coming to you, Jesus says. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. In God's words to Joshua in Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And the angel of the Lord was with Joshua. And God said to him, everywhere you place your foot, I will give to you. That same God is with you and I right now. Deuteronomy 31.6, God says to the people of Israel, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, because of your circumstances, because of what's going on around us. For the Lord your God goes with you. His arm is around you, walking with you. He will never, ever, ever leave you nor forsake you. Catechism, paragraph 27. God never ceases to draw man to himself. He is with you right now, wooing you, drawing you to his heart, to himself. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. For the Lord your God goes with you. And he will never leave you. Nor forsake you. Let's give one more moment for the Father to speak to you personally. Father, speak to us. Something personal, something comforting. All right. Well, we're done early with this section. So I think what we'll do is I'll give you some time. Hopefully you have a journal, pen and paper. And I just want to invite you to take some time and just process this a little further, whatever it is that's stirring in your heart. And just like I did it... <laughs> six o'clock this morning and just journal with him. Tell him what's on your heart, good or bad. He knows. And then share with him what you're desiring from him. And then we'll come back 
Father, you want to stay on the same schedule, 1045? Yeah, we'll come back at 1045. But before we break, I'd like Father to close us out in prayer. Is that okay, Father? Yes. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm -hmm. Lord Jesus, we come asking you to continue to speak to us, continue to help us listen to your words, open those scriptures for us so that we know we are not orphans, we are not alone. Give us that strength and courage, especially in any trials or difficulties we may be facing. Help us know those moments of our lives where you are near. Even when we feel we are close to the cross, that's when, Jesus, you are closest to us. And so we come to you today and each day asking for that strength, that help, that grace, that we rely on you and depend on you. And we just enter into this time asking you to be present you to speak to us, you to send the Holy Spirit upon us. Speak to us through your words. Help us to know how they apply in our lives. Help us to know how you are present, how you are working. You have a plan for our lives. And so we come before you with thanks and gratitude. And we Ask that powerful intercession of Mary, our mother, that she always lead us closer to her son, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, grace. the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Real quick in summary as we let you go. Thank you, Father. Grab pen, paper, journal. You can use John 14 as a reference. The scriptures that I referenced this morning were John in this session were John 14, 1, 14, 18, 14, 27. Then Joshua 1, 9, Deuteronomy 31, 6. And you may want to also just read John 14 in preparation as we move into the rest of the afternoon, the rest of the day. And I'm going to talk to us about what Jesus meant when he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you. He talks about the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the comforter. So I'm going to talk about that in our next session. And then in our final session, I'm going to talk to us about the purpose that Jesus was speaking to in Christ's mission. And I'm going to talk to us about what the church says confirmation is intended to be. I'm going to talk about God's intention with the fullness of our confirmation. And I, I think you're going to be very encouraged. So be encouraged with him speaking to you. You're not alone. He is with you. He's going to be with us throughout this day. And the Holy Spirit is going to comfort us.